everyone. Welcome back to the Try Podcast as we continue our series on relationships. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with some sweet friends of ours. And I want to say that of all of the things that I'm grateful for in regards to this platform, sitting down with the friends in my tribe that have most greatly impacted my healing journey is at the top of the list. And that's what I'm doing today. I am here with the Georges. Pastor Dale and his wife, Kathy, have been family friends of ours for about 15 years. In fact, they are the friends that have walked alongside us through a lot of joyous times, including the birth of our children, dedications, anniversaries, really just some of our best memories include them. In fact, Pastor Dale married us back in 2011, which feels like forever ago, and Kathy played a huge role in leading our older boys to Jesus through her work in kids ministry at Cypress Church. But here's the cool thing, and don't miss this. They are also the friends that have walked through a lot of hard seasons alongside us. They have been there in the valleys. They have prayed for us and with us. They have counseled us both individually and together. Kathy has been my mentor for as long as I can remember. And if you're a faithful listener of the podcast, you heard me talk in season one about Kathy's influence on my life and the fact that she's been a loyal, trusted friend on my personal board of directors for a really long time. The four of us have laughed together and cried together, and we've just really been there to walk the journey of life alongside one another, which is exactly what a tribe does. So with that being said, Kathy and Dale, welcome to the show. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Thanks, Brittany. Okay, so we're going to get right into it. Can y'all share a little bit of your story with our listeners? Sure. Uh, I'll start. Okay. (laughs) I was raised in a pastor's home, and so I was a PK, pastor's kid, preacher's kid, and I I loved it. I loved, there wasn't really anything about it, except for moving a lot, that I didn't love. (laughs) I loved the attention, and which probably tells you a lot about my personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did get my attention. Yes, I did. I did. So it worked Mm -hmm. out. Yes. That uh, part worked out for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I did not grow up in a pastor's home, but uh, in a home that was very involved in the church uh, as lay people, uh, volunteers, uh, whatever the ministries, whenever the church doors were open, we were always there. And so uh, our our upbringing was very similar. Mm-hmm. We shared a lot of uh, traditions together. And so what really brought us together was the tradition of family camp every year, a summer camp where our two families with a bunch of other families would converge. And uh, at first, Kathy was uh, somewhat standoffish. Um, (laughs) No. I know it's it's hard to believe, but uh, I did not run in her circles because I didn't quite... uh, I mean, I was a little younger. I was a kid. And you were a brat. I mean, let's well, really be and, honest. And you were snooty. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll give you didn't that Didn't have time for me. But I think what happened was I actually kind of had a summer romance for a week with one of her good <laughs> friends. And I think that probably got her attention. It was like, who, who are you dating? You know? And uh, so I think that at least put me on her radar. Mm. Yeah. Not really, but okay. Yeah. If you want to have that 
memory. That's great. That's my memory of it, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, and because my dad was a pastor, then he got a call to come to Cyprus. And um, I knew some of the kids in youth group, but, you know, I knew the Georges probably better than I knew anybody else. And so Dale and I just started hanging out together. And I was kind of her personal navigator. When Kathy came, she had just graduated high school. I was just in my second year of high school, not able he to He keeps pointing drive. that out. And I don't know only, why we need to. Only because <laughs> I was 15 now. I had grown. I'd matured so much by then. And I did know my way around town, so I would sit in the pastor's seat and tell her, tell her where to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we would ride bikes together. We just had fun. We just mm-hmm. had a lot of fun and became very close. And before you knew it, we realized that... She fell for me. I did. I and fell for you. me extremely for her. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's how it all started. Mm. So there you go. I love it. You know I love a good love story. <laughs> for our listeners that don't know, these two, their involvement in the church and just the sacrifices that they've made and the way that they have been obedient in their own journey, it has led countless families to come to know the Lord and just have their faith and their marriages strengthened by basically watching the way that Kathy and Dale live their lives. They have raised their kids and are now in a season of being empty nesters and enjoying the time with the grandbabies. Mm-hmm. Kathy and I were actually just talking about that before we started today, just how much she's loving that season and what a special gift that it is. And for us, as I guess I would say, like the watchers, the observers, it has been such a huge blessing to just see them grow and thrive in every season. And we're going to talk about two parts of community today. So we're going to talk about our faith and we're going to talk about our tribe. So we're going to start with faith. Kathy and Dale, what role would you say that faith has played in your marriage? Huge. I mean, it, it just, it's our foundation. It. Um, marriage can be challenging, as we all know, because you've got two totally opposite people. And Dale and I are both very, um, I'm not, well, stubborn, for lack of a better word. Strong-willed. Strong-willed. <laughs> Strong-willed. That sounds so much nicer. Yeah. Well, no, I think you are stubborn. But, <laughs> I think and you I'm are, strong-willed. too. strong-willed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've both got very strong personalities, different personalities, but mm-hmm. strong. But because we have that foundation of a relationship with Jesus, mm. that gets us through every challenge that we've been given in these 45 years of being married. Mm-hmm. And we've had, you know, again, you put two personalities together and there are going to be challenges mm-hmm. and hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think being able then to understand our first responsibility is to be in a right relationship with God. There's no way you can be in a right relationship with each other unless you're first in a right relationship with God. Mm. And so that being our motivation, um, basically I've felt like I've heard God say to me, Dale, if you've got a problem with Kathy, then there's a problem between us. Mm. And I wish I could say here today that I love Kathy so much that that love has motivated me to humble myself before her, to serve her, and that alone, but that's not really the case. The, the real reality is I know that I need God in my life. And the way that I experience him is through my willingness to be in a right relationship with Kathy. Mm. To humble myself before both her and God in order to then receive God's help, his blessing. Um, again, I wish I could say it just all stemmed from my great love for her, but it's really out of my 
my selfish and great need for God. And he's been so faithful. And I think you've been the beneficiary of that. So it's not, a, it's not a bad deal. <laughs> no, and that's why I say I don't know how couples really survive life, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, always, but especially now mm-hmm. without Jesus being the center of their relationship or without going back saying, okay, we've got to work through this conflict, whether it's counseling, whether it's just sitting down and having a come to Jesus meeting with each other. We have to do that because not being together, not being a God honoring couple is not an option. Mm -hmm. So whatever we have to do to be what God wants us to be together and separate we have to, we have to be humble. Yeah, mm-hmm. and th- and that's what's held us together, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, is the grace of God, the the, mm-hmm. the blessing of God. Um, when we have been willing to, again, admit when we were wrong, mm-hmm. uh, before God, before each other, and uh, offer that forgiveness, that grace. It's not that we don't have difficulty. We 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 do. We certainly do. Um, but we also have been committed to the process of, of managing our conflicts. Mm. So therefore, our conflict has become something that God has used to actually deepen our relationship because it caused us to talk about the issues, and talk, to, talk about our insecurities, our fears, whatever they may be, our hurts, our disappointments, and not so much always with each other, yet sometimes with each other, but from any, any point. So to be able to be honest uh, both before each other and before God, mm-hmm. um, and then with a dependence on Him and a willingness to obey Him, I think is the other the other piece of that. That it's like, but I don't want to say I'm sorry, Lord. Mm. You know, I don't want to serve her. I, she hurt my feelings, or I know I'm right about this. All those kinds of attitudes that can develop, uh, but God seems to produce the opposite yeah and when we're willing to again honor him be obedient to him um he's the one then that can do what neither one of us can do mm-hmm. when it comes to changing the other person well i think yeah. there was a time and i don't know how long ago it was i wish i could say it was years and years and years ago but it doesn't really seem that way <laughs> um where i felt like dale was always trying to kind of um, make me better as a believer, mm-hmm. which I appreciate, which what women wouldn't. I, but it kind of, to be honest, rubbed me the wrong way sometimes because I felt like he was trying to make me, you know, into a different person. And then there was a time where it just changed. And I felt like he loved me more than he ever had, but he wasn't like preaching to mm. me. And I remember having a conversation saying, thanking you for whatever this newness was. And you said, God told you, I can't, you cannot be Kathy's Holy Spirit anymore. Wow. And that was something with my personality being stubborn and yada, yada, whatever. (laughs) Um, That just meant the world to me. I felt more loved in that moment than I ever have our whole marriage probably. Wow. That revelation probably wasn't all that long ago in the scope of 45 years, but it did begin a long time ago because it all grew out of my desire 
to have Kathy meet my needs. Mm. You see, Kathy has always been this extrovert. I've been more of an introvert. She's been a giver. I've been a taker. Kind of like the yin and yang. That works great <laughs> Yeah. for a number of years, but yeah. it won't always. Mm-hmm. And she's always been so gracious. It's never like she said, I can't really do this for you anymore. Mm. But I did find kind of a, a within my own spirit, a, a sense of, of anxiety, I suppose, over... What I felt at times was um, not being treated the way I wanted to be treated mm. from Kathy. And it's kind of like, as long as she did what I wanted her to do in the relationship, I was happy. I was full. Uh, but in the moment that she didn't quite see it eye to eye, and like we said, we're both pretty stubborn, uh, then that would affect me. That would affect my mood. And I really felt like the Lord said, Dale, why are you putting so much pressure on her to make you full, make you whole, to, to make you happy? It's like, isn't that my role? Isn't that what's supposed to be happening between you and I? Wow. And it's like, yeah. And so when I, when I made that shift and I began to put more of that, if you will, that weight, that responsibility on God to to fill me up as my maker, my creator, and not my wife, um, an interesting thing happened. I began to feel like I finally had something to give. Mm. And it wasn't me, but it was God through me. Yeah. And so I could begin to truly love her and serve her as she needed and not be so concerned about what I could get out of it because... God said he would be faithful to meet those needs. Mm. And when I made that shift, that's when I felt like all these prayers that I've been praying all these years to in some way change her so that I could be more content was really about, Lord, how do you want to change me so that I can be more full, fulfilled mm. in my relationship with you and therefore be able to serve her out of uh, more of a heart of, of true, more so true love. Wow. And that's when kind of that... that Wording, I don't know what it was. It wasn't like it was a voice, but it was clear. Um, Dale, do you trust me to speak to you, to care mm. for you? And I said, yes, Lord. Well, then why don't you trust me to do that for Kathy? So why don't we focus on you and leave her to me? And therefore, just that whole idea that she doesn't need another Holy Spirit. I got it. Oh, that is so powerful. It was a turning point in our marriage. I mean, we always had a good marriage. We're fussers, so we've always had like little... Again, because of our strong personalities. But that that was a turning point. Mm. I mean, that, I felt like um, he cared for me more than he ever had. Wow. And, you know, we were caring for my parents at that particular time. And, you know, we had the three boys at home. We had my parents, my mom with Alzheimer's, and it was just a lot. Yeah. And he he just stepped up to care for me. And it was without any restrictions or without any like, well, I did this for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, um, it, it was changing. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the word trust, too. I think along with our faith, learning how to trust, <laughs> to trust in Jesus that he's going to, that he's got this. Yeah. You know, and you have, that's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we don't understand, there's an old song, when you don't understand, trust his heart. And there's a lot of things about this life that we don't understand. Yeah. But we can trust his heart. I felt after that time, I trusted Dale more than I ever had. 
but again, that's because we have that common, that common love for Jesus. So, yeah, it's the foundation, yeah. it's the yeah. faith. Oh, yeah. that's so good. If y'all want to talk about a marriage that glorifies God, they are sitting right in front of me. Like we're around my kitchen table right now. This is just them sharing their heart. And what I've learned is that really by watching them, when faith is your foundation, things are just different. It's like Kathy said, she can't even imagine how you can get through some of the things that are happening in this world now without your faith. I mean, and I agree. I f- it feels like it would be impossible to just overcome some of the barriers and some of the circumstances that, you know, the world is kind of going through right now. But things are just different when you have faith as your foundation. You begin to see life through, I guess what I would call a proper lens, because when we make the choice to live by faith, we're giving up control to the only one who's even qualified to be in control in the first place. So we look at our mountaintops differently and our giants and the valleys differently. We start living as if we are co-heirs of Christ and instead of fighting it, we go with the flow of God's strength and his power. And I don't know about you, but it actually like frees up what I would call a lot of responsibility for myself. Like when I just choose to surrender and give everything to Jesus and okay. So before I get too far into this, cause it's not my story. <laughs> no, it's Kathy good. and Dale. Preach it. Preach it. Brett. Yeah. Preach it. <laughs> We've got the faith component down, right? That is the foundation. And that's mm-hmm. what the Georgias are talking about. So talk about the second part of community. How has having your tribe, not only when you were raising your kids, but also now as grandparents, had an impact on your lives? Mm. The tribe is so important, and we have been blessed beyond belief to have, you know, we had three boys, and so it was busy, as you know. Yes. It's just, it's just busy. It's kind of crazy. It's hard to describe unless you've walked through it. Um, So with parenting, early on... Um, we had a group of people that were like-minded. Yes. And that's what has made a difference. That's what, you know, whether it was all the kids at school were seeing this movie, and but my tribe felt the same way we did about it. Mm-hmm. And so, no, we'll do something else with our kids that night with our tribe. Yes. You know, so it was um, just having that even when the boys were young. Especially when they were young. Yeah. 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 Um, because, well, I think at every age, but it's amazing how much, obviously the responsibility we have to lay out, this is what our family is, this is how we live, this is what we do, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. But then when they see, oh, other families are doing the same thing, yeah, it's like all of a sudden that matters to them, whereas you say it and it doesn't seem to have that much influence initially. And so to have that support... Um, reinforced then and I think really made more possible um, what the goals that we were going for uh, mm-hmm. apart from just doing it by ourselves I think the battle uh, would have been just straight uphill mm-hmm. well and I think as a parent praying for discernment and praying God gives you the right people in your tribe Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's I mean there were a couple times perhaps there were some they might be listening to this. I better not say anything. Uh, maybe it wasn't a fit or something. Or sure. There just is that, you know, inside the Holy Spirit saying, uh, maybe your boys don't need to spend as much time with them. Yeah. Or whatever. But 
again, we have been blessed. And through the teenage years, we were so blessed um, with a tribe that we're still with. We're yeah. still part of their their lives and their kids' lives. And we have been, I mean, it, it's amazing. Well, and that's the value, again, of community of the yeah. church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where... We really just never had an issue with the kids saying, I don't want to go to church. Yeah. Because that's really where their friends were. Um, and so to connect in that way and be supported. Because, again, we even though we have been a part of the church uh, for, for the better part of our adult lives, uh, we still believe it's the family's responsibility mm-hmm. to certainly uh, lead them spiritually as well. But the church is our biggest advocate yeah. mm-hmm. and to be able to support uh, and so therefore to take those opportunities especially when they got older to be a part of, of student ministries mm-hmm. and uh, find even I would say as a result of that uh, some kind of a calling on their life mm-hmm. uh, kind of even going back to the importance of, uh, of that that camp that brought us together initially yeah. yep. those have been some uh, watershed moments for our kids and I believe God has used those in one way or another to actually um, call all three of our boys into some kind of vocational ministry mm-hmm. as a result. I'd like to think that we had something to do with that, but the reality is God used everybody in their their own particular way. Um, it didn't mean we didn't have a responsibility, but we certainly had a lot of support yeah. and uh, the faithfulness of God to, to create and do what he did. Well, as a sidebar, just with the parenting thing and keeping them in church and um, our middle son, Thomas, I want to mention all our son's names, Nathan, Thomas, and Thad. And Thomas (laughs) said to me one time, I asked a friend of mine was having trouble getting our kid to go to youth group. And I said, Thomas, I don't remember you ever saying, Oh, I don't want to go to church. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to student ministries. And I said, I I just don't recall you saying that. And he goes, (laughs) Well, I knew it wouldn't do me any good. <laughs> so I thought, yes. You yes. know, and he said that to me as an adult, saying I knew it wouldn't do me any good. And so I think, you know, and Pastor Ken and Serena and Dale, I say this all the time, got to get your kids in church. Yeah. You know. That's right. You don't let them stay home from school because they just don't want to go. That's so right. anyway, I could do a whole nother thing on that. <laughs> true and I mean just that being your son's response is like you guys have cultivated that environment Mm -hmm. you know so they just knew it's like you know asking if you can go see an R-rated movie at 13 years old you know in our house it's a no you might be 18 and I might still say no if you live here at my house you know exactly my house my rules yeah we don't have time to go into it but (laughs) that would have been very much unlike the day that our oldest son said he didn't want to go to his cello lesson Mm. and Kathy nearly had to drag him to the car and he thought I would he was taller than me and everything but he got in the car I said I'll drag you down the steps if I need to but you know that's probably for another time those stories but I love y'all stories (laughs) and what I love just about this whole idea of tribe is that God created us to do life alongside one another so what a gift that is through the valleys and the mountaintops and I mean, praise God. I say it all the time. It's just those two words. Something happens and I'm like, praise God, you know, whether it's a hedge of protection or, Mm -hmm. you know, something just really powerful that had happened, um, a season of healing or something like that with a friend. But 
what I'm saying is praise God for not only putting it in our DNA to crave relationships the way that we do, right? Like this is mm-hmm. how he made us, right. but also like just for giving us the people that he desires us to do life with. It's like Kathy said, you know, not every friend that we're going to meet in every season is going to be the friend that we're going to continue to run towards heaven with like for right. forever. Right. Sometimes we just have seasons of tribe members and seasons of friends. And then, you know, for whatever reason, we're called to go in different directions. And I think it's just important to be grateful for God giving us the people in those particular seasons to do life with. So kind of like what they were just talking about in my experience, when faith is your foundation, you begin to seek out other friends that love the Lord. I love that you said Mm like-minded. It's so true because when we're doing life alongside others, we're doing what scripture says. It's iron sharpening iron. It strengthens our marriages and it helps us in our journey of parenthood. In fact, when we make the choice to raise our kids alongside other believers, what we're really doing is creating an environment, which we talked about, or a culture of other safe people that our kids can go to in the hard times. Like you guys know, Noah's a teenager. So we are literally walking this right now. And although we are significantly younger than other parents with a teenager, we are still told that we're uncool. So you know what we say? Go talk to your pastor, you know, go talk to your small group leader, other people that you do life with, you know, within the context of the church. And just knowing that Noah and then eventually our younger sons have their pastors and other men of God that they can go to, you know, when we are deemed to be uncool or (laughs) unqualified. Like there's just a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm. But it's worth mentioning that our tribe has to be cultivated and it has to be nurtured. And that's the work of parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're constantly having to tap into our discernment, like Kathy Mm -hmm. said, and just being really in tune with, okay, is this going to be a good fit for this season? And just recognizing that we have such a small amount of time with our kids. So, okay, you two, talk a little bit about prayer in your marriage and how it doesn't always change our circumstances, but it certainly changes the posture of our hearts. Mm -hmm. I have told kids forever that Jesus wants to be their best forever friend. Yes. And... He really, truly does, and I think that's how I view prayer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's praying for us together. You know, I'll, I'll be honest, we don't sit down every night and say a prayer together. I wish we did, mm-hmm. um, and we do when it happens. But um, he, he truly cares about, when you have a best friend, and they care about everything in your life, and it's, that is... Jesus for me. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, he truly is my best friend. And that's why prayer is such an important part of my life. And it's constant. It's not necessarily getting on my knees at bedtime every night. But it's constantly, I'm constantly talking to my best friend. And he knows me better than anybody else. And I, I just love when Dale and I do pray together and we're praying about something that I've got both my best friends right there and the two you know Jesus knows me more than anybody and Dale knows me second better than anybody that I can share with and so that's I mean there's been some hard times we've had to come together mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seek Jesus um, yeah. one of the times that uh, takes me back when we um, both prayed together and more so separately 
was just even around the time of our first son's birth. He was born with a congenital heart defect, and we weren't sure he was going to survive. Mm. Um, I had probably uh, more of an optimistic attitude about it, and Kathy was probably more realistic, which is a, a complete shifting of our personalities <laughs> at that point. And so, uh, but as we prayed, as we um, sought God together, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of interesting that as we got through those hurdles, again, we were serving God in the church as lay people, uh, now that we're married, have children, and, uh, but I was still relatively young and really still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and, mm-hmm. and so, uh Kathy had always said to me, You can do anything and be anything that you want to be, but do not be a pastor. <laughs> and I love being a pastor's kid, but I saw how hard my mom worked yeah. and how the situation she had to deal with as a pastor's wife. And I thought, heck no, I do not want to do that. I want been to live there, in this, done that. Been there, done that. I want to live in the same house forever. So yeah. So I thought he was going to be a veterinarian. I thought, that is so cool. And we'll have money. This is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So my first year of college, I went that direction and realized, I don't like science. I, I, I don't like math. It's probably not going to work out. So I dropped out. Kathy, fortunately, had a really good job, and I was able to get a decent job. And, and yet, through the series of events of our first son, it was like God was calling, was inviting us to be in in. A ministry that we, in effect, we were already doing. We just weren't getting paid for it. Yeah. We love the church. We love serving the Lord and his people in that way. And it's like different people would begin to speak into us and say, have you ever considered full-time ministry? It's like, well, not really. And But the more that voice from wherever it was coming uh, came, uh, all I could hear was Kathy saying, you can do anything you want, but don't be a pastor. <laughs> And so I had, a convers- I had a conversation, <laughs> prayer, with God. And I said, Lord, if you're calling us, because it's not a single call, if you're calling us into ministry, we both know how Kathy feels about this. And we both know how, because we're stubborn, that generally when we tell the other what we think we should do, we <laughs> want to do the exact opposite. So I said, if this is really you, Then you've got to talk to her. Yeah. You've got to put it on her I'm heart. I'm not telling her. <laughs> basically, I'm not touching it. And so I just prayed about it. Wow. And it wasn't long after that that Kathy came up to me, uh, whatever the setting would have been. And she said, you know what? With all we've been through with Nathan, we have seen that we can trust him. Because that was one mm-hmm. of the, the wrestling things that I had in conversations with God was like, Lord... I don't really want to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess I thought if I really obeyed God, to be honest with you, it was going way back to my childhood. It's like I would probably be called, sent to the deepest, darkest place in the world to serve as a missionary Again, or something. Again, where Kathy George will not be. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know if that was the case, I'd be going by myself. So I had all kinds of arguments, but he basically then said to me again, and when I say those things, I don't mean in some kind of audible voice, but a, a, an impression that has stuck with me for uh, 40 years now is that, didn't I take care of Nathan? Mm. Didn't didn't I provide? Didn't I show you that even though it's difficult, mm. 
things will work out and that I can be trusted. So basically he said, so you trust me with your son's life, but you don't trust me with your life? Wow. Yeah. That's deep. And he had me. And it's like, you're right, Lord. That's exactly right. So I I submitted right then. And that's when I said, you have to talk to Kathy. So she, uh, not long after that, comes to me and she says, I think the Lord might be calling us in the full-time vocational ministry. And I said, wow. really? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> So prayer does amazing things, yes. you know, and when you can come together and pray about something, and whether you're praying about it individually, and then you come together and agree, yes, and it's it's pretty. I, huge. I would say, in later days, as in now, that one of the the joys that we have when we're traveling together, uh, very often when we're talking about our family or situations, we then just one of us will just start praying about it. It's mm. not like, well, let's pray. Now, sometimes we say that. Other times we just just pray, just as Kathy said, the three of us are in the car. And so I would say for us, it's kind of an overused term, but prayer is a bit more organic and natural. I wish it was more symptomatic, uh, not symptomatic, <laughs> systematic <laughs> yeah. um, for us. But that's kind of more so how we roll, and, and uh, it's, it's a good thing. Amazing. Okay, I could literally listen to these two talk about prayer all day. We'll really just listen to them talk about anything, but we don't have all day. So, you know, one of the things that I think is really cool about doing life within a tribe is we all have those friends where we know that we can count on them to hit their knees and pray for us. You know, I think I'll pray for you is sort of lost in today's, you know, like secular world. You know, people will just say, well, pray for you. And that might not necessarily be everybody's like default. It might not be as organic as Kathy and Dale were talking about. But Kathy and Dale are definitely the people that we know that will hit their knees and will pray for us. And what I've learned through prayer is that oftentimes God shifts our perspective. It's not that our circumstances are changing, but our hearts are growing and we're becoming more dependent on God. You know, one of the greatest gifts we have is to lay our prayers down at the foot of the cross and go forward in his strength, not our own. Mm -hmm. In fact, I love James four verse eight that says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I view prayer. As we go to him, he will draw near to us in our good times and our bad times and every season in between. Okay. Last question, you two. What is one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners about marriage? Hmm. Again, I think what we said in the beginning, it, um, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, then you need to get that taken care of. That, that would just be life is hard, and he has promised to be right there with us mm-hmm. and to not leave us. And some days we may feel like, uh, excuse me, God, where are you? But he has promised to not, to not leave us. So I think, again, marriage is challenging. We've had our challenges definitely but without Christ, I don't know how people mm. people do that. Yeah, so I think that'd be our big advice. Yeah. Again, depending on who's all in your audience, married, unmarried, uh, whatever it would be, um, I often talk to couples in uh, premarital settings and share with them that I think one of the greatest gifts that we give to each other is the gift of acceptance. Mm. Not the gift of thinking that I'm going to fix you. Because if you're in a relationship where you are uh, feeling that you're going to fix someone, 
uh, I think that actually speaks to kind of the individual's um, station of mind in the in that um, we're going to do something for God mm. that maybe God hasn't done yet or that they haven't done yet. So again, that's the power of dating. That's the power of getting to know someone. Yeah. And if you can, again, nobody's going to be perfect. And yes, we always have to give room for growth and nurturing, certainly. Uh, but to be able to accept. And I think once we are married, then to understand the power of commitment. Mm. That we made a promise. Yeah. Uh, that if, if we ever do run a, into struggles, that we go to God, that we find help from God in a way that we take whatever energy we might expend on somehow exploring divorce, exploring uh, whatever ways to just make ourselves happy. But if we take that same energy and humble ourselves before God mm. and use it towards what it could be to uh, strengthen the marriage, because we made a promise. Yeah. And I'm mm -hmm. afraid way too many people just don't take that promise serious. So accept one another, take your promises mm -hmm. seriously, and yeah. depend on God in ways to uh, fill you and do in your mate what no one else can do. Mm. Okay. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I, was, I knew it was going to be amazing, but I didn't know what y'all were going to say because it wasn't all written out. So thank you for that. You know, with these two, it's always going to be good, solid, biblical words of wisdom. It's not feelings-based. And sometimes, you know, Kathy's just going to shoot you straight and give you what you need to hear. That's a good thing. Trust me. <laughs> She's making a face right now. <laughs> but just knowing that these words are based on scripture and not born of this world, you know, for me, it holds a lot of weight in just the woman that I'm growing into and all of the other families and couples that they're impacting by the way that they live their lives and what they're saying about marriage, this advice for a lack of better terms that they're leaving us with, it's applicable for newlyweds and for the married couple that has been together for a decade. It's applicable for couples that are talking about marriage or moving in that direction. And it's also for the older couples who have spent the majority of their lives together. So thank y'all so much for that encouragement. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Yes. Um, we had a verse way back in the day, and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It gets kind of overused, mm. but during those difficult times, we would always go back to that, and that's trust in the Lord with all mm. your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Mm -hmm. And I think that has just, that's been our verse, and that's what we still go to. <laughs> I mean, there are countless other verses yeah. during different, different times of our life. But that's kind of our our go to, mm -hmm. you know. Really it's what started to. us, really. Yeah. Even it was kind of our verse leading into our wedding, and what we used as a foundation for for marriage. And uh, I jokingly said to Kathy yesterday, I said, "It's what got us started, and it's what's going to end us." <laughs> well, there you go. Well, <laughs> With the understanding of what it is to end well. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Not that's end true. us and. That's that true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. uh, so good. Uh, with that, yeah. I think, too, just the, the encouragement that God's Word gives to us in mm -hmm. our, all of our relationships, primarily with Him, but certainly with each other, where it's just the uh, the push to not give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To not quit. Not mm -hmm. quit our faith. Not quit our belief and trust in one another. 
regardless of what the circumstances would would say. Kind of back to what you said about uh, our giants, our our mountains. Mm-hmm. But uh, God is he, he's always bigger than yeah. those things, and so therefore, to keep our hand in His as we walk through this life together, with a determination to be faithful to God, I believe will allow us to be faithful to one another. And so mm-hmm. I'm grateful for. Verses like uh, Galatians 6 that say, Mm -hmm. don't grow weary in doing well. For the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Yeah. But you got to keep at it. Uh, I'm also grateful for um, the end of the book, Revelation 2, where Jesus is talking to the seven churches. And he mentions to the church in Ephesus, he says, you know, you're doing a really good job at all these different points. But he says, I have this one thing against you. Mm -hmm. You've lost your first love. And that's our responsibility, to keep our love as though it were brand new. Mm. And how do we do that? Well, we go right to the scripture again. He says, well, recognize that you have lost that passion for me or for one another. And he says, repent. Well, what's repent mean? But to just turn around and go the opposite direction you were going. So to repent, to take responsibility for it. And he says this, go back and do the things you did at first. Mm. So we bought bikes. Yes. That's what brought us together. Remember, she's so uh, a little older. I wasn't driving, but we could ride bikes together. Oh, my so, word. So there you go. Yes. So, but, but I think to that point, it's yes. like if every couple could continue to practice mm-hmm. the things they did at first yes. and hold those in high priority, mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't have so much trouble. But life sweeps in. Mm-hmm. Kids come. Responsibilities. Who has time to date? Who has time to just sit and be together and do whatever those things were. Yeah. But we better take time That's or right. else we'll lose one another. Yeah. Mm, that is so good. I love it. Thank you both so much for being a part of this mission and encouraging our listeners. You know, y'all were in the first handful of people that knew about and were praying for this ministry. And that means the world to me. Remember, you came and crashed our breakfast, Pastor Dale? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I'm by crashed, I mean lovingly joined. <laughs> Thank you for your friendship and your commitment to our family. There are seasons that we have walked through together where I can truly say that if we didn't have the love the advice, and the encouragement of the two of you. I truly don't know where we would be, but God knew. And that is one of our greatest gifts. We love you so much. Thank you for your time and for your heart and for the way that you continue to live your life sold out for Jesus, but more importantly, for bringing other people along on that journey. Mm, Thank you for having us, Britt. This has been a real privilege. Yes, thank you, Brittany. We love you, Nick, and your family too. Thank you so much. Let's make heaven crowded. I'm praying for y'all, and I'll see you next week.